Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Give me a... a a moment of talking to somebody, going through this with Fauci or somebody who kind of uh, it caused a pivot in your mind, because it's clear just from what's in on the public record that you went through a pivot on this to, oh my God, the gravity is uh, almost inexplicable and unexplainable. Well, I think, Bob, really, to be honest with you... Sure, I want you to I be. wanted to... Uh, I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic. Welcome to the Savage Nation. Let's confabulate today on the Savage Nation. So the washed-up newsman, Bob Woodhead, a Democrat operative, is now pushing the Democrat uh, talking points that Trump is responsible for a COVID cover-up. Let's evaluate the evidence. If you're on a ship and an illness breaks out on a ship, what would a captain do? Would a captain try to not panic the crew and the passengers? Or would a captain go out of his way to panic the crew and passengers, causing a stampede, possibly sinking the ship? Do you understand what a leader's job is? A leader's job is to downplay threats, not upplay threats. A leader's job is to calm the public, not to panic the public. Bob Woodhead should be ashamed of himself. But this is what you get from the Washington establishment. Trump didn't say he lied in order to help himself. Trump said he downplayed the virus in the beginning to not panic the public. 
I want to tell you something more about this that you need to know. It's important you know the facts. Because I spoke to the president in February, just at the time he was banning travelers from China. If you recall, Bob Woodward, you lying, phony, two-faced, Democrat operative, communist. The president was banning travel from China and called a racist by people like you. And what did Nancy blow-dry Pelosi do in February? Blow-dry Pelosi marched through Chinatown in San Francisco and said, go have dim sum, it's perfectly safe. So at the time, President Trump was trying to calm the fears and slow the spread of the virus. Pelosi, who was the alleged head of the Democrat Party USA, indistinguishable today from the Communist Party USA, was telling you not to worry about it, that Trump was a racist for banning travelers from China and that you should go eat dim sum in Chinatown. So who was lying to the public? Blow dry Pelosi, Donald Trump or Bob Woodward? Bob Woodward. Okay, let's confabulate. That's one story. There are many others on the Savage Nation, 855-407-282. You know, I want to ask you a question. My new book is called Our Fight for America. So people are saying, well, what is the book about? It's not really that exciting. It's not like a book about Trump did this, Trump did that, Trump did this to a soldier, Trump did that to a soldier. We got red skies here in San Francisco and the whole Bay Area now. It's frightening if you live here. It really is frightening. It looks like we've had a nuclear war and we lost. If I were an animal, I'd be in a panic. If I were a bird, I'd be falling out of the sky. If I were a dog, I'd be howling and hiding under a cover. You have no idea how bad this is unless you live here. Guess what? It didn't have to happen. Because of the mismanagement by Democrats going way back before uh, this uh, Governor Newsom, going back to Governor Moonbeam, they will not cut a dead twig. We had fires here two years ago that burned down the wine country. And these morons in Sacramento would not clear the forests of dead wood. And so it's happening again. California is a dry state. It has a Mediterranean climate. That's the way it's been from, the time imm- from time immemorial. Six months dry, six months wet. That's a Mediterranean climate. The idiots who manage this state have no idea what they're managing. They can't manage anything. That's why the city of San Francisco is nothing but a public restroom right now. San Francisco under liberalism has become an outdoor public restroom. That's all it has become. The cities are burning. The rioters are rioting. The left is mobilizing for massive public unrest, a political apocalypse if Biden loses fairly and squarely. Pelosi says nothing. If you look at the mugshots of Antifa, they look like mentally deranged people. Some of them look like mental cases who belong in a mental hospital. Others look like very, very well-educated, spoiled brats from communist homes psychiatrist father, architect mother, telling them they're there, dear, whatever you do is okay. These are very dangerous times. Very dangerous times indeed. But I want to ask you a more important question. If my book is called Our Fight for America, I lay awake last night asking myself, can we save America? And what are we saving? 
Is it worth saving America? And what is Trump promising us that Biden isn't? What is Biden promising up us that Trump isn't? Tell me. Tell me, is it all a two-card Monty? Is there really that big a difference between the Dems and the Repubs? Or is it really still two-card Monty with no P underneath the shell? I'm starting to ask myself, what the hell is the difference? We're told we got a better military, yet the military turns on Trump. So where's the better military? What are we doing with the military that's better? I don't know. Tell me what the difference is. Oh, well, we're here. We're going to lose our guns and our gun rights under Biden. That would be 100% true. What do you need your gun for? What are you going to do with your gun, big shot? I know more people running around buying ammunition and guns than I've ever known in my life. What are they going to do uh, when they, what are you going to do when they come for you? I'm not saying we don't need our guns. With Black Lives Matter, I think you need more bullets, not less bullets. They're out of control. They're running wild in the streets. They're beating up old women. They're playing games with old women in the streets of New York, punching them in the head as they go by in bicycles. But you don't see any of that because Nancy, Nancy owns the newspaper business. So I ask myself the big question. I'm writing a book called Our Fight for America. Yes, of course, I want people to read it because I think it's a war. And yes, of course, I want Trump to win because I think it would be an apocalypse if Black Lives Matter and Antifa won the election because that's who Biden is. Make no mistake about it. Biden is Antifa. Biden has never attacked Antifa, the fascists of our time. Biden has never told BLM, cool it. Have you ever heard Biden say one word to the black rioters? Has he ever said, go home and stop it because you're doing more harm than good? Even Al Sharpton came out and said, cut it out. Even Al Sharpton came out and said only latte liberals are in favor of less policing, not more policing. Why would Sharpton do that? That's an interesting side question. Sharpton was on MSNBC where he said only latte liberals in the Hamptons want to defund the police. But he's saying it because he's afraid they're going to come for him. Sharpton has always been a, an opportunist who has used race as a weapon to enrich himself. A con man, in other words. And he knows in his heart that the black revolutionaries of today see him for what he is. And he's afraid he's going to need the police to protect him. That's suddenly why he's on the side of the police, by the way. That explains that one to you. Meanwhile, Trump has banned oil drilling off the coast of southern states. That came and went. No one even talked about it. I had a lot to do with it. You'll never know it. I don't need the credit. I've lobbied him for the last four years on the environment, on animal activism. And I even got an email from someone in the White House the other day saying, when I said congratulations on banning oil drilling off the coast of southern states, I said, good, good job, good job. They said, we knew you would like this. So, friends, I ask you again. I ask you again one simple question. Can America be saved? What are we saving? What is Trump promising us that Biden isn't? And of course, as you well know, if you live in the San Francisco area or the entire Bay Area of San Francisco, the skies look like nuclear winter. It's a terrifying sight to behold. If you've seen pictures of Sweden in the winter, Norway in the winter, those countries, that's what we're living through here. It's terrifying to wake up to a dark sky. 
It is now noon 15 here in the San Francisco area, and it looks like dawn. It looks like red dawn at 15 minutes after noon. Why? Well, they tell us the forest fire smoke is so thick over the marine layer that it's blocking the sun. As a trained scientist, I would have to agree with them. But on an animal level, it doesn't feel like it's forest fires blocking the sun. It feels like there's been a war against America committed by a foreign power, which is what we have in the streets of America run by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They are conducting the war in the streets. You may not know it because Bob Woodhead hasn't told you. Bob Woodhead hasn't reported that Antifa and BLM and the Democrat Party are exactly one and the same. And they're causing the public unrest in order to have you throw Trump out, letting you believe that sleepy old uh, hologram called Joe Biden will save America from himself. He cannot do it. He will not save America from himself. So these are tough times. We are in a conundrum. I'm in a conundrum as a human being. I can't imagine what the animals are going through. As you well know, it's one of my great loves in life is animal protection. I don't have to go into the details. It's unimportant. I see the flocks of pelicans flying. They look confused to me. They normally fly in a very straight V formation and they change point in their formation. Yesterday, I was shocked as I saw the pelican flocks looking bewildered in the dirty, filthy sky caused by the dirty, filthy Democrats who can't keep the electric lights on, let alone run the forestry service. So as I said at the beginning of the show, my new book is called Our Fight for America. It's a tremendous uphill battle with all of these anti-Trump books out there, with all of the free publicity they're getting. And of course, I don't expect publicity. All I expect is people who want to read the truth. But I'll ask you one loaded question again. Can America be saved? And if it can be, what are we saving? So let's confabulate. The phone number is 855-400-SAVAGE. I'll be right back. Savage. I love Omaha steaks. I'll tell you why. You could get fish. You can get lobster tails. Um, the last thing you want to do is go to the grocery store. It's crowded. You have to wear masks. The selection isn't always great. Instead, stay at home and let Omaha Steaks ship your food directly to your door. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It is the best steak of your life. Guaranteed. Ask anybody. Omaha Steaks are perfectly aged, 100% American grain-finished beef for the ultimate in tenderness, juiciness, and flavor. American. The Omaha Steakhouse experience delivers everything you need for a classic steakhouse dinner in the comfort of your own home. Iconic steaks, classic sides, decadent desserts, and more. Every order is flash-frozen, vacuum-sealed, safely delivered in a cooler with dry ice and stays ready to cook in the freezer for months. I've used them. Months. They're all backed by their unconditional 100% money-back guarantee. Right now, you can get a gourmet grill-out package with an exclusive offer just for my listeners. How? Please go to OmahaSteaks.com, enter the code SAVAGE into the search bar, and for this week, are you ready for this? Omaha Steaks will add four burgers and four gourmet jumbo franks free with your order. Can you believe this? It's called the Grill Out Favorites Package, and it lets you stay at home and eat like you're at the best steakhouse in town. 
We're talking a variety of gourmet grillables like the Omaha Steaks Bacon Wrap Filet Mignon. Visit omahasteaks.com and type SAVAGE in the search bar in order today. Ask anybody about Omaha Steaks. Everyone has a good thing to say. Visit omahasteaks.com and type SAVAGE in the search bar and order today. president lied to the American public about the threat posed by COVID. The president has never lied to the American public on COVID. The president's been very, the president was expressing calm and his actions reflect that. Uh, on January 6th, uh, the CDC issued a Wuhan travel notice before any confirmed U.S. cases, among another a number of other actions. And I'd refer you to Dr. Fauci, who said that this president has an impressive response. I can't imagine under any circumstance that anyone could be doing anything more. That is the record of this president. I love Kaylee. I think she's the bravest press secretary I've ever seen, standing up to the Marxists in the media like this. Again, I want to reiterate, a captain's job is to calm the passengers and calm the crew during a crisis, not to panic the crew and the passengers. So for him to report this lousy uh, Democrat operative, Bob Woodward, he's an old hack, Left-wing operative, way, way, way overrated, not really that great a reporter, just an operative. Trump fell into a trap by being honest with him. And this is Trump's error. I'll tell you that Trump's error, is, I'll tell you his greatest error, is being too honest with too many people. He should never have given that interview. Why would he go talk to Bob Woodward when he knows that the Amazon Post hates him? When he knows that Woodward has been a liar for the last 40 years, why would he even sit down with that bum? That would be like going into a public restroom in a time of COVID. To sit down with Bob Woodward, you're taking about the same chances of survival as you would in a public McDonald's restroom today in Detroit uh, as sitting down with Woodward and not expecting to get dirty from it. So he he entraps him with uh, the question. And he says, yes, I did downplay it because I didn't want to panic the public. That's exactly right. That's the job of a leader. But let's go on to the callers. I have so many wonderful callers. Again, my book is Our Fight for America. It's launched Tuesday. I'm going to count on you, my Savage Army, to go into the bookstores that are open and clean the shelves out uh, and see if the book's not in the ladies' hygiene department instead of in the bestsellers. It could be down in uh, sanitary uh, departments, uh, children's books, puppet books, things like that nature. We're, we're fighting a real war here. And uh, our fight for America raises some, it begs questions. Can we save America? Because the left is rioting now, before Trump won. And they're planning to conduct around-the-clock riots if Trump should win. If you don't believe me, we have the report for you from a reputable source. Report, left mobilizes for massive public unrest, a political apocalypse expected if Biden loses. It's an important story. It's a coalition of leftist groups planning how to mobilize and bring the country to collapse if Biden does not win a landslide victory on November 3rd. Democracy Defense Nerve Center, it's called. Why does the FBI not arrest them? Tell me why the FBI does not go in and take this leftist group out. Why does the FBI, why does DHS not go after the relatively secret fight back tablet FBT? 
discussing their plans to destroy America in secret during a Zoom virtual meeting. Tell me why. If I know of it, if you know of it, if it's reported on Breitbart, why are these people not taken out by the FBI and our secret services immediately before they destroy this country even further? Tell me why. Why? For the same reason they tried to pin the lie about Russia collusion on Donald Trump. For the same reason the illegitimate military leadership is reporting falsely that Trump said those things about war heroes because there's been a silent coup against America, which is why I say to you, it is our fight for America, and it's a fight to the end. Savage. If a medical emergency arises, are you prepared? Everyone says, oh, it'll never happen to me, but it can when you least expect it. Take it from me, I know for a fact. It hits you when you least expect it. Now, what if you're traveling? Well, in a medical emergency, Air Medcare Network providers can transport you or a family member to the nearest hospital. And if you're a member, you'll see no out-of-pocket costs related to your flight. You heard me. That's right. You won't pay a dime when transported by an AMCN provider. You should know health insurance may not cover the full cost of emergency medical transport. And even with comprehensive coverage, you could still get hit with substantial deductibles and co-pays. Sign up for an Air Medcare Network membership now. AMCN is the largest air ambulance membership network with more than 3 million members, including me. It costs as little as $85 for your entire household and protects you whether you're at home or traveling. Let me ask you, for $85, can you afford not to have this, especially in, the, in this time? Right now, as part of the Savage Nation, You'll get, up to 50, you'll get up to a $50 gift card when you join AMCN. Just go to the special URL, airmedcarenetwork.com slash savage and use code savage. Let me say it again, airmedcarenetwork.com slash savage, code savage. Airmedcarenetwork.com slash savage, enter code savage. Well, I think, Bob, really, to be honest with you... Sure, I want you to I be. wanted to... Uh, I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic. So the president was stating what a leader is supposed to do, which is to calm public fears. And yet the vermin in the media, led by the chief rat, Bob Woodhead is claiming a COVID cover-up, and all of the left-wing vermin today attack Kaylee in the White House saying, cover-up, cover-up, cover-up. He knew it was worse, knew it was worse, knew it was worse, as they said through their little surgical masks. I was just so angry at them once again, but my anger doesn't do me any good. Only my logic does me some good right now. The media is the problem. The media has destroyed America. The media is why Black Lives Matter is able to get away with virtual violence in the name of racial justice without being called uh, out for it. Who has no moral compass? I would say it's Bob Woodward. To bait the president like this and then say he covered up COVID, which is a lie. Again, I'm going to reiterate before I take my first caller. Once again, 
uh, I had a call from the president in February about something else. I had been sick in December. He didn't know about it. He was calling about something else. I disclosed to him I had been in the hospital. He was very caring, blah, blah, blah. And he said to me right on the phone, I'm banning travel from China. Should I ban travel from Europe? He said that to me at that time. You know, he asks people he trusts and he makes up his own mind. That's how the president operates in a very interesting way. He asks a variety of people that he trusts and he makes up his own mind. That, that's his management style. I said, no, don't ban travel from Europe. I said at the time, I said it would destroy the world's economy. Well, I, needless to say, the economy is destroyed anyway. But putting all of that aside, do you understand what a leader's job is? which is to calm public fears, not to fan them. Let's take a caller who is an airline captain and see what Carmen in Texas has to say. Welcome to the Savage Nation, Carmen. Yeah, as an airline captain for over 18 years and also a KC-135 aircraft commander in the Air Force for two years, you are spot on about the importance to calm and reassure the passengers. And that was especially true after 9-11, which the anniversary is just a couple of days away, I could not convey any kind of fear to them because why would they even get on my airplane? So, Well, let's say you're flying a commercial jet, and, and at the time it had uh, two engines, let's say, and uh, you have engine failure in one engine. If you were to go on the, onto the you know, public address system and start saying, oh, an engine failed... We're liable to crash. Everyone buckle up. What would happen? The passengers would go crazy, wouldn't they? Uh, you're exactly right. And that- so you as a captain would, would not panic the passengers. You would tell them to please put on their seatbelts. We have a slight emergency. So what, Bob Wood would just say you were playing down the fact that one engine failed because you said we had one, one, a slight emergency instead of saying we're going to crash? What did Wood would want him to do? Say we're going to crash? The country's going to die? Yeah, it's wrong. Absolutely wrong. It's 100% wrong. And those of us in leadership positions, and make no mistake about it, airline captains have very powerful leadership positions. Your life is in their hands. But so do I. Talk radio is a leadership position. After a quarter of a century, I'm in a leadership position. I know how it has to work. Captain, Carmen, stay on the line. Tom will take your email address and we will send you a copy of our Fight for America so that you can continue to fight for America. But I'm um, bringing it back to the people. Can we save America? How would you save America? What has Gavin Newsom done wrong that the state is burning? Can you blame the governor? Can you, let, let's put it to you this way. Trump is being falsely accused of the COVID epidemic, which is, of course, the biggest lie of our time next to the uh, Russia collusion. Has anyone blamed Gavin Newsom for the forest fires? You shouldn't. It's not his fault. Of course, he could have come in and done something about the forestry morons. He could have immediately said we had fires up in Napa two years ago. We better clean out the dead wood, go and clear up the forest. I don't care what the environmentalists say. We don't want a repeat of history. But I wouldn't blame Gavin Newsom for not having done that in his first few months of office, given the COVID epidemic and all of the other problems here in the state. On the same, by the same token, you don't blame Trump for the COVID epidemic unless you're a sick person. Unless you are sick and evil, you try to blame a president for an epidemic he had nothing to do with. What should he have done in January that he didn't do? 
told you to eat dim sum in Chinatown with Nancy Pelosi while she was getting her hair done, having a little dim sum on Grant Avenue. Look, the media is the problem. The media caused all of this. I have to go back to when I first started in radio. I never forget this as long as I live. Certain things stay with you forever. I was new in radio. I was not a young man at that point. It was my fourth career. I restarted my career at an age most men are retiring. This was my fourth major career radio. And now it's 25 years later. There are no, no other careers. This is the end of the road. This is the last hurrah. So when I just started, <clears throat> I was in the K, KGO building, and I met a then-famous talk show host. He was a national talk show host. I will not say anything more. And he wouldn't talk to anyone in the building except me. He and I would chat. He, he wasn't very chatty. He would come in, do a show, and leave. He would talk to nobody. So I once said to him, why do, you leave, why do you leave the building? How come you don't talk to anybody? He said, because look around you, Michael. He said, these are the people who caused the problems in America. These are the people who destroyed this country. That's what he said to me. I will not tell you any more about it. I mean, who the man was. He's right. They're still at it. Some of the same propagandists are still in the media here in the San Francisco area, still putting out the big lie. White's bad. Ethnic's good. Immigrants all come here to work. Orange man caused orange sky. You know, that kind of thing. So is America worth saving? Why? Can we save America? What would you do to save America? How would you save this country? How would you say, what would you do to save the country? I know what I would do. I know what I would do yesterday. If you know that the left wing is organizing to bring the country to its knees, should Trump win, what would you do? You'd preemptively arrest them for terrorism, for domestic terrorism. If you knew that ISIS was planning to set off bombs in the cities, what would you do? Let ISIS set off the bombs and then get out the body bags and then call a cockamamie psychopathic left wing judge in San Francisco to help you? You would preemptively uh, uh, um, arrest ISIS members who are putting the bombs together. So if you got left wing revolutionaries putting the bombs together with money from the emigre from uh, Nazi Germany, and his cohorts who hate the country, what you do is you take down the money men, you take down the money men, and you take down the leadership of the American left. And you take them down irrespective of what Bob Woodhead would say. To hell with them all. We are at war. <clears throat> this is a war for the survival of our freedom. There's a very famous quote by a man you may have not have heard of, except in his original, uh, other than in his original Russian name. You wouldn't know his name. But his name was very clearly Lenin to all of us who have studied history. That was not his name in Russian. It was Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov, better known as Lenin. And what Ulyanov was preaching the way Bernie Sanders has been preaching, Bernie Sanders is the Lenin of our time. He said, give me four years to teach the children and the seed I have sown will never be uprooted. And so that is why you see Children from rotten, spoiled homes who have never been told no are the ones rioting every night in the streets of America. Those are the people who are going to bring America to its knees. They're planting the bombs right now. Take a look at their pictures. Take a look at the mugshots. You saw the story the other day in New York. The father is a child psychiatrist. The mother's an architect, lived on the Upper East Side. She was one of those breaking the windows with all of her little friends out there, the drug addicts, 
the Adderall kids, the children raised by parents who never said no to them. They never said, hey, look, you can't do this because she would have broken into tears. They were afraid of her tantrums. They encouraged her. I saw a movie last night for about a half an hour. Uh, I don't even remember it. I wish I could remember it because I'd like to watch it again tonight. Maybe someone could help me with it. It was set in 1962, I think in Paris. I don't know where it was. Two teenage girls, I think they're 18. They're good friends. They both come from communist homes. And uh, the father of one of the girls falls in love with her, her friend and has an affair with a friend while they're all living together. I said, oh, boy, this is really something. 1962, it was supposedly taped. The movie wasn't from 62, but it was about 1962. So the father's this left-wing fanatic who seduces his daughter's friend, has an affair with her openly in the same apartment he's living with his daughter, and the friend. The night his daughter goes to sleep crying because even though she's brought up as a revolutionary communist where free love prevails... At the bottom of it, she's still a girl with a heart and soul, and her father was stolen by her friend, and she can't believe her father would do it to her. So it shows them cooking the commie dinners that you would see in San Francisco here. You know, the big spaghetti dinner with meat sauce that they'd all share. The real commie dinners. you get That was then. They don't eat that anymore. Now it would be some kind of a vegan type of a dinner. You would never have a meat sauce on it. No, would you eat spaghetti? But the same idea. You get it? In other words, it feels good. Do it. There are no morals. Morals are for the bourgeois. The point is that the father was a communist who kept praising the girls for being good revolutionaries. Good radicals, he kept calling them. You're a good radical, honey. You shouldn't feel bad. You're a good radical. You're a good progressive. It was the father. It's always the father and the mother. Don't blame society. Blame the parents. Savage. Okay, you know I'm a car guy. You know I've had a Hellcat. And with the ever-increasing numbers of cars like Dodge, BMW, and Volkswagen, and models like the Hellcat, X3, and Jetta, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. We all know that. I'm a car guy, and I'm telling you, why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com right in your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts in a chain store or new car dealership when you could do it at home on your own computer? Now, you may not know this, but chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and reliably low they are. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Does not require this. You could just do it yourself. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet sets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. 
You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. But best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write SAVAGE in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's S-A-V-A-G-E. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Don't stand online in an auto parts store and wait for the hostile clerk to get back to you. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. It's like living on Mars here in the San Francisco area. Two of the three largest fires in state history have been tearing through the San Francisco Bay Area for the past three weeks. 14,000 firefighters are battling the blazes. The left-wing vermin in the streets should be conscripted, ripped out of their riots, and put on the front lines of the fires. Give them smoke-eating outfits and a hose and tell them to shut the hell up and do something for, not against society. People are being rescued by helicopter by brave men. Meanwhile, the police have to fight these scum in the cities of America. One of the blazes was sparked by a so-called gender reveal party in El Dorado Ranch Park in Yucaipa, San Bernardino County. You hear this? A gender reveal party. And the schmucks set off an incendiary device to show how happy they were that the child was either a boy or a girl. 10,500 acres are burned. That's 16 square miles. Can you imagine what the animals are living through? Can you imagine what the birds are living through? I know you say, what the hell cares about a bird? We're all one ecosystem. It's one ecosystem. We are the birds. We are the ant. I know it's very difficult for most of you Republicans to understand that we are the eagle. Especially in times of greed like these. We are the eagle. When you spray DDT on the ground and you make the eagle's egg fragile, the eagles couldn't hatch. That means the eagle was an early bellwether of what DDT was doing to us, causing outbreaks of cancer in human beings. It's one ecosystem. We're not that far detached from the ant. That's something educated people learn. It's very hard to get through to the lunkheads who go and kill elephants or bighorn sheep for trophies. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the Savage States of America. 
is an alternate universe that we live in. Very alternate universe. Um, I went on Breitbart this morning to see the article that they wrote about me. It's really a good one. It's, it's well done. Josh Kaplan did a great interview. And it's about my new book, Our Fight for America. And I asked you today, can we save America? Or what are we saving? So I was searching Breitbart, and I saw an article just now that I have to share with you. Caught my attention. University of Rhode Island to remove World War II murals due to lack of diversity. I said, this can't be a true story. This is cr- not, not true. University of Rhode Island recently announced plans to remove two murals depicting the events of World War II due to their lack of diversity. The decision was prompted after students complained that the mural was not compatible with the university's values of inclusivity. According to the school's vice president of student affairs, quote, some of our students have even shared with us they didn't feel comfortable sitting in that space. So murals that are 70-year-old, 70-year-old murals that show the reality of World War II, where 99% of the soldiers were white men, saving America from Hitler, offend people? The murals were painted to pay respect to the memories of those who lost their lives in World War II. Murals feature various scenes, including veterans returning to the United States and the University of Rhode Island class uh, reunion. Kathy Collins, the University of Rhode Island Vice President of Student Affairs, said she received numerous complaints from students about the murals' lack of diversity. The dummy said, I've received complaints about the murals that portray a very homogeneous population. Predominantly, the persons painted and depicted on the wall are predominantly white, and that does not represent who our institution is today. Some of our students even shared with us they didn't feel comfortable sitting in that space. Now, if I were the vice president of student affairs, I said, then you're, you're entitled to leave if you're not comfortable. We're not going to revise history for you, you stupid idiot, you. Get the hell out of my school. They're the ones who saved our country so that idiots like you could go to college, you moron, you. Of course, in June of 19, 2019, the George Washington High School in San Francisco said they would erase an offensive mural of George Washington. This is what Lenin taught. So when I asked the rhetorical question at the beginning of the hour, when I said our book is called Our Fight for America, the war continues, I said to you, is America worth saving? Well, the answer is quite clear. And what's the difference between Biden and Trump? Well, the answer is quite clear. Dummy Breitbart, the hologram in a basement, would probably agree that it's not diverse enough. Even though it was 99% white men who died in World War II, which is not to denigrate the people of color who died fighting Hitler and fighting in the uh, far Pacific. But let's not change reality. Let's not change history in order to accommodate the morons who never belonged in college to begin with. They belong in a mental hospital where they could have their, uh, with their egos salved by psychiatrists who could put them on medication if they're uncomfortable with everything in the country. Now, my friends, so yeah, it's worth fighting for. I do it on a regular basis here on the show. I'm afraid you can do it maybe once every few years when you go to vote. As you well know, we really don't have a democracy. What we have is a dictatorship that's punctuated by a democracy every few years when we get to vote. But now that we're liable to elect Trump again, the left wants to uh, destroy the election in advance. They're planning on national riots to take down the country if Trump wins fairly and squarely on Election Day. They're planning it. They're plotting it. They're building the Molotov cocktails. 
They're planning it. They're plotting it. And the FBI, DHS do not arrest them. Why? I don't know. Well, I do know. I can pretty much figure it out. Those are the agencies that help spread the big lie about the Russia collusion story. And today, of course, the big lie put out by Bob Woodhead, the greatly overvalued writer for the Washington Press Corps. My God, what a hack he is. Bob Woodward is the equivalent of Anthony Fauci. Their shelf life expired a long time ago, and the boxes should have been discarded uh, in the 1970s. But there they are, 45 years later, still putting out the, what they're well known for. Fauci of Kess pr- pr- promoting himself and Woodward promoting the Democrat Party line. So if you listen to the interview with Donald Trump, what he says, yes, I knew the illness was serious, but I downplayed it because I didn't want to panic the population. That's what a leader does. A bad leader panics the population. A good leader quiets and calms the population. And the first hour, we had an airline pilot who called. He said, of course, you're right, Michael. He said, uh, if I'm on an airplane, I'm flying the plane. There's 300 passengers on it. And we have a technical problem. We don't panic the passengers and say the plane's going to crash. You ever notice how calm a captain's voice is, how reassuring it is, even in an emergency? They're trained to be calm and cool and collected. That's what a leader does. They're not hysterics like Bob Woodhead. They're supposed to say, we have a slight technical glitch. Please put on your seatbelts. Everything will be okay. Instead of saying, oh, the plane's going to crash. Kiss your loved ones goodbye. Ask Bob Woodward, kiss your loved ones goodbye. The world's coming to an end. Everyone's going to die from COVID. So they panicked. The whole Washington press corps panicked. The medical establishment panicked. And I keep reiterating again. It's a big lie. Of course, the virus is lethal to some, but not to all. Of course, the virus kills some, but not all who get it. That's why my first chapter in our fight for America is, I think, a very brilliant confluence of realities. I call it the twin plagues, covidism and communism. And I want to read you one line from the book, and I want you to decide whether you think this is worth your investment of time. You judge. Be as cynical as you'd like. Here's my first line. This book is not about a man. It's about a nation. It's about a fight that can't be fought by one man. It must be fought by all of us. That's all. You argue with me? I went on. I said, I've been on the radio for over 26 years spreading the news and doing my part to resist the radical left's war on our borders, language, and culture. Over the past year, they've escalated to a nuclear war. Figuratively speaking, every news story has become a dirty bomb. Every American institution a target. But of course, the two things exploited most by the left so far have been the coronavirus and the murder of George Floyd. That's the beginning of the book. If you could find anything better, then don't read my book. But you can't. You cannot find anything better. Chapter two, the virus profiteers. I want you to know who is capitalizing on it. Chapter three, will our bold peasantry go gently into the good night? Four, hijacking Martin Luther King's dream. Five, a public health disaster. Seven, the war on our liberty, the war on our constitution. Nine, the phony moderate. Ten, from law and order to raw disorder. Eleven, neocons and rhinos are still among us. I just want to read you the last paragraph of Staring into the Abyss 
of my book because you probably won't buy it for whatever the reasons are. I want you to hear it for free. And incidentally, I gave this interview uh, the other day to uh, Josh Kaplan of Breitbart, and it's up on Breitbart right now. It's trending very heavily. COVIDism in America's Communist Revolution. The headlines are screaming on Breitbart what the story is really all about. It's one of the leading stories, and uh, they wrote great headlines all around it. Go on to Breitbart.com and check it out because no one else will link it. Apparently, there is a ban from the established media, as am I. You don't hear Breitbart anymore. You don't hear from Savage anymore. The American left, the American right is about the same uh, in the media. It's all about the same. So anyway, the long and short of it is, if I turn to the last paragraph of my book with you, then you don't have to buy it. I'll save you some money. Uh, I'm going to save you money because I know you don't want to buy it. And it ends with the staring into the abyss and the chapter head is more than reelecting Trump. And I say the only thing that could stop the street violence and revolutionary actions against our heritage would be a foreign attack on our soil. God forbid this should happen, but our enemies are watching us very closely. They see the dissension in the streets. They see the nation is about to topple like the statues of its founders, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. The underpinnings of our democracy themselves are being uprooted by the radical left. Our foreign enemies see this. Let's hope they don't strike, but if they did, all the street agitators would be nullified. They would be stopped not by martial law, but by the popular will. Even the rats in the media would have to stop chewing at the base of the Statue of Liberty. We'd all be united against our common enemy. It's a horrifying thought, and let's hope it doesn't happen, but it could happen here. Should we succeed in reelecting this administration, then the full force of these leftist organizations will, will be seen. The riots of the spring of 2020 will be meek compared to what will happen. Nevertheless, we must encourage our friends to vote and not give up hope. Every vote will count, especially on our side. In the remote possibility that we succeed in heading off this revolution, our work will then begin. After the inauguration in 2021, we will have to go to war. We must force Congress, our Congress, to convene a new House Committee on Patriotism. In the 1950s, there was a House Committee on Un-American Activities. It was 100% correct in trying to root out communism and communists in Hollywood, the media, and academia. Even then, it was besmirched by falsehoods like those used today. However, the Venona Papers, published in the 1990s, the work of a former Soviet operative, confirmed Senator Joe McCarthy and HUAC were 100% correct. The communists had, in fact, secretly infiltrated Hollywood, academia, and the press. McCarthy was right, but he was hounded and destroyed by the media and left-wing operatives. And here comes my close. Therefore, we cannot call this new House committee by the same name. It would not work this time. We must call it the House Committee on Patriotism, and it will have its work cut out for it. It will have to dispassionately investigate and eventually prove that all the groups listed here and those yet to be discovered are working secretly to undermine our republic. This is a monumental battle, but one we Americans are prepared to fight. The grandfathers of today's eddies, themselves ordinary men, took on the supermen and defeated Hitler. We, their descendants, can do the same to save our nation. And then I have an appendix in the book. All the left-wing organizations worthy of investigation by a House Committee on Patriotism. There they are, Alliance for Democracy, Amnesty International, Black Lives Matter, Center for American Progress. I list all of them that I believe should be investigated. They're all there. 
Some of them you know and some of them you never heard of. But they all need to be investigated because they're a plague upon our nation. If you want the list, if you believe the mobs are already winning, if you believe our Western civilization is teetering, if you believe that the coronavirus response has been, has been politicized, if you believe that the wrongful death of Mr. Floyd has been exploited by the radical left, if you believe America is crippled, if you believe in the truth, well, I think we're on the same page. So let's confabulate together. The phone number here is 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-407-282. And now shifting for less than a minute to the fires in Northern California that are raging out of control for weeks now. Yes, you can blame the forestry department of the state of California. Yes, you can blame the moronic academics who have destroyed rational forestry policies for well on to 30 or 40 years. Yes, we had fires here two years ago that decimated Napa County and Sonoma County, decimated the counties. You would think that the idiots who have paid these huge salaries and pensions would have cleared out the dead brush, would have cut the dead trees. They did not. So what happened? We have a long-term drought, very dry conditions, and then you have lightning storms, then you have some arson, and then you have an apocalypse. It's like living in a movie about Mars, all due to mismanagement of the environment. Savage. It is the Savage Nation. So here are the headlines on Breitbart. Exclusive. Savage on COVIDism and why Trump must win. <clears throat> BLM waging a communist revolution. They're quoting me now. Conservatives don't answer polls. They're quoting me now. Grave warning on debt. They're quoting me right now. I think you don't understand that I'm alarmed by the printing of money. I don't think you get that. But it's all in there. Because in the article, well, you're going to hear a piece of the interview in the next segment on this show, the actual telephone interview. And I don't know that we get to that part of it in there, but the interviewer, Josh, asked me, Josh Kaplan, said to me, what does Trump have to do if he wins? Because I'm thinking ahead. So the end of the article, he asks me, Let's circle back to the first question I asked, the topic of 2020. If President Trump wins re-election, what is the most pressing issue that you believe he must address first on day one of his second term beside the violent unrest? Michael Savage says the economy. The country is fundamentally bankrupt. This administration is drunk on irresponsibility. I've never seen anything like it. It reminds me of King Ludwig II of Bavaria. That didn't end well for Bavaria or King Ludwig II. He bankrupted the treasury through his vast spending, including building palaces for himself. This bailout stuff, the PPP money, and the billions that were taken by the cronies have to stop. Fiscal irresponsibility must stop day one if Trump wins. Did Trump have to do it? Well, you can to keep the economy going and preventing people from going into the gutter and bread lines. Yes, he had to do it. But there comes a point where you can't do it anymore. So those, to me, are the most important things. Stopping the left-wing riots and stopping the printing of money. That's all in, in the interview in Breitbart, in our, and it's from my book, Our Fight for America. It's a nice picture, by the way, of me uh, in front of Air Force One. It's very, very telling. But I'm not on Air Force One. I'm on Microphone One. That's what I'm in front of, and you're in front of Telephone One. Can we save America anymore? 
And what are we saving? What is Trump promising that Biden is not promising? The orange skies in the San Francisco area caused by orange man, according to the left wing. They're blaming him because he didn't sign on to the Paris Accords. I am not making this up. Blow dry Nancy is blaming Trump for the forest fires because Trump did not sign on to the Paris Accords. Liberalism, my friends, is a mental disorder. Don't you ever forget it. Savage. So we are less than 60 days away from the election. Okay. Um, we, we, see, we see both Biden and Trump. They've completed their conventions. We don't know exactly where we are in the polling. Some polls show Biden is up nationally. Others show that Trump is gaining ground on him. How do you feel about Trump's chances right now with less than 60 days away? Well, I can only answer it from this perspective. Uh, from a kind of rationalistic scientific perspective. My knowledge of people on the right and or conservatives is they don't answer polls. So we have no idea really where they stand on, on this issue. As far as Trump moving up, I think the violence in America, which is out of control, which is a clear revolution, this is a communist revolution, and Trump is running as a law and order candidate. Now, I've been complaining on my show that if you are, do something about it. Stop telling us you're going to do it after you win. Do it now, right? I mean, that's what I've been saying, Josh. I'm not going to wait till after November for him to crack down on these right. idiots, right. these communist revolutionaries. They're not idiots. They're very well organized and well funded. Well, he did. He deputized and federalized the Oregon State Troopers and the, I believe the uh, Portland, Portland Police. And they shot one of the murderers the other day, which is a step towards controlling them. So what I'm saying is I think that the, the riots and the mayhem that do not stop from this fraudulent group Black Lives Matter, we all know that they're a revolutionary Marxist, anti-Semitic organization, anti-capitalist. Uh, these riots are working in Trump's favor. Biden has so far said nothing. What has the hologram in the basement said about the riots? Nothing. He hasn't taken a position on it. Except as a Johnny come lately saying it'll be quieter when he's president. Well, how? Why, they're suddenly going to go home, get a haircut and take a job in Starbucks after they, after they burn the store to the ground? What are they going to do? So I think it's moving towards, towards Trump. I, I do think that he's on the cold. So what's the answer? We don't have an answer. If we had an answer, you wouldn't be asking the question, right? None of us really know. Understood. Um, now, you brought up a very interesting point about how, as you've been saying on your show, that you would like to see the president being more proactive on cracking down on the lawlessness in the streets. The consensus is, is that the riots appear to be helping him because he is viewed as uh, the candidate that would be that is better equipped and is better positioned to crack down on them. But do you fear at all that if things get worse between now and the election, the attempt to brand the riots as sort of the Biden riots could backfire? Well, it's a tricky situation because I've also said on my show, 
and I have to be consistent with what I've stated to my audience, that I think the Republicans have made a calculation to keep the riots going because they know it's working in their favor. I know how cynical that sounds, but we know what politicians are. I mean, there are no white hats here in some ways, okay? There's a better choice, which is Trump, for all the obvious reasons, but there's no pure white hats here. I mean, both parties are cynical, as they are in every country, about power and, uh, and, and, and such. So will it backfire? Yeah, I think, I think that this has to stop. Frankly, the problem is, as I've said also two months ago, if Trump cracks down too hard, he'll fall right into the sand trap that they've laid for him, and they will call him a, a fascist and say, see, we told you he's a Nazi. Mm-hmm. So he can't go full um, military, even though it's been done since Eisenhower's time to stop insurrection. This is out of control, Josh. This is not one night. This is, what, 90 nights in a row in Portland? They chased the mayor, the left-wing mayor out of his own a condominium. Right. He had to flee his own apartment. He thought that he could keep feeding the beast, and the beast would say thank you. He hasn't. The left-wingers haven't learned that you cannot feed violent people. Right. So the question is, who will this... I think you're asking me, will the violence work against Trump? Yes. If, is that what you're saying? If it keeps exactly, going on? Cause the, exactly, because the consensus is... Let, as you said, let the thing, let it go, because it's just going to make Biden look worse and worse. That seems to be the consensus. You're not a consensus thinker. You look at things from a different perspective. So that's why I'm asking this tricky question. You think that it could actually backfire because no one, I don't see anybody asking that. I don't see anybody warning Trump, maybe not let the riots go on too much and crack down too hard because it could actually backfire. I know people who are fed up with both parties now. They don't know who to believe. They don't know who, who, who's who to trust. They think both parties are, are responsible for this. And they have no faith in the political system at all. To be frank with you, Josh, as I say, they don't trust either party. So who knows how people are going to vote at the end of the day? Looting, burning, beating people up, the random beatings of people in the streets of New York by quote teens. Right. Teens, always the word teens. Don't you love it? Right. It's the new, the new word, teens. teens. Well, in, 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 in England, they use Asian youths. Youths. <laughs> that makes them sacred, huh? Right. It's a sacred cow. Look, I, I want to say one thing right off the bat. I don't believe in sacred cows, whether they're animal or human. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I thought about that the other day. I thought, what's the right way to answer this? I said, I do not believe in sacred cows, animal or human. It's a pun, of course. But it also is true. There are no sacred cows in this this game here. You saw who they arrested in New York. It was in the New York Post this morning. The spoiled brat from a wealthy family on the Upper East Side. The father's a psychiatrist and the mother's an architect. Comes from her house and she was wearing black clothes and she got caught smashing in the windows of Starbucks. She was in these riots when she was 14 years old. Right. So, and and John, John Malkovich's son was reportedly arrested last, uh, in the Portland riots. Right. So these are spoiled children who've never been told, stop it. No, you can't do that. Everything they have done, the parents said, good job, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Good job, Janie. You did such a good job. Right. 
never have they been told you can't do this or you can't do that or there are limits to their mm-hmm. to their activities. It's always been indulgence. Okay. And what we're seeing is an entire generation of indulged millennials who have no school, no work, nothing to do, and they think it's a party. This has become a big, like a rave to them. Get dressed up at night, put on a Halloween costume, go break windows, right? Probably have sex, drugs with the other rioters, get to attack police, and the police can't do anything back to you. Watch fun. Aren't they having fun? Doc, you touched on something very interesting. You're saying that the protests have, because of the lockdowns and the virus, if I'm understanding you correctly, um, that the, the protests have taken over from going to clubbing or going to bars or going to events <laughs> because of the virus and everything is shut down. So they, used, so they used to go to the bar or the club, and now they're going and smashing windows on Fifth Avenue. I mean, I, I, <laughs> look at the fun they're having. <laughs> right. And they're getting merit badges in the, uh, in, in, in the Girl Scout, uh, on their Girl Scout uniform, merit badges for spitting at cops, breaking windows. And then they, they get stoned probably on the way there. They get stoned during the riots. Then they probably have rampant sexuality with each other. What could be better? This is like an outdoor uh, party. Right. It's like a Mardi Gras. It's, 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 uh, exactly. It's, it's Mardi Gras every night. Doc, I want to uh, shift a little bit. I know that, uh, you know, talking about the 2020 election, so much that, you know, you're, you're not just a political being. There's so many things. One of the things that struck me in your show over the past six months was very early on, you were, you know, found yourself once again in this sort of Paul Revere position where you were sounding the alarm about the virus. Oh. And there were, there were people around uh, the president who were saying things, we'll say, that were uh, the polar opposite of what you were saying. Um, tell me about why you had a different perspective on the virus, why you were why you think you were one of the earliest to, to realize that this was going to be a potential catastrophe. And on top of that, do you remember a moment, a news story, maybe you were talking to somebody, maybe you were reading an academic journal. What was the moment, Dr. Savage, where it shifted in your mind and you said, holy smokes, this is actually a huge problem? Well, let me start with now. The latest CDC data, which has been buried says, no, not 180,000 have died, but only 8,000 have died from COVID per se. All the other deaths would do the related illnesses, underlying conditions. I'm sure you saw that, right? Mm-hmm. So having said that, does that diminish the lethality of this virus? The answer is no. For vulnerable people, it's still a very lethal a virus. So it's changed somewhat in all of our minds. You know, as the evidence is poured in and the data has come in, then you have this terrible situation now of doctors, hospitals rather, reassigning debts to COVID because they collect more money either from insurance or the federal government on reimbursements than saying, let's say they died of, of uh, let's say an old age related problem. If they say COVID, the amount of money they get in reimbursement is much higher. So there's been a complete distortion of, of COVID deaths. Mm-hmm. To that, but let's go back to the beginning. I took it very seriously because I saw 
as I was looking at it, you're talking about February now. I remember right. distinctly. We were seeing healthy young guys in their 20s who were dying. I didn't mm-hmm. understand why. Well, all right, looking back, maybe they had an underlying autoimmune or an immune deficiency disease. We don't know, but it, it was capable of killing with the underlying disease. So let's not forget that. <clears throat> then you had people getting really, really sick. So the world panicked, and we got into lockdown because the politicians made a mistake based upon Dr. Forty, Dr. 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 Fugazi. Dr. Fugazi is like, like a, a zombie bad guy. He is a power-mad career bureaucrat, Fauci. A career-mad, a power-mad career bureaucrat who survived over 40 years in the NIH. What does that tell us about this guy? He's a politician, right. not a scientist at all. Yeah, scientist. What does that mean? He sits with a test tube somewhere and he looks up at the stars? Scientist. He can read the data like I can read the data. Okay, so it doesn't make him a scientist. He's a politician who has used politics to maintain his power. So anyway, so how did I know? Well, first of all, I'm a trained epidemiologist. I studied epidemics. But, you know, the other day, Josh, which just jumped to now, I keep referring to a scientific paper that I've carried with me since 1970. It's funny how you, you hold on to certain publications. And this little monograph, an obscure monograph that no one ever heard of, I carried with me now for I don't know, how many years of this, 40 years, more. And it was called Sorcery, Illness, and Social Control in the Philippine Village. Wow. And it was all about how uh, <clears throat> witch doctors or folk healers used illness to control the populations in villages to fear. And I referenced that on my show um, just on Friday, I think, Sorcery, Illness, and Social Control in the Philippine Village. I said, guys like Fauci, um, Dr. Bricks or Burtz, mm-hmm. they're sorcerers. They're not scientists. They're using sorcery. Savage. It's like living on Mars. I don't need Musk to take me to outer space. I'm living in outer space in Nancy Pelosi's backyard. The fires, of course, could have been controlled had they tamed the forests by clearing out the dead wood. They learn nothing from the past. They keep repeating the same mistakes. Then you have the coincidental lightning strikes combined with a drought, and they blame the orange man. Because Donald Trump didn't sign on to the Paris Accords, nor the California's burning. Because Bob Woodward, that washed-up hack, puts out a book, and he claims a COVID cover-up because Trump asked, answered the question honestly. Now they're all screaming, he covered it up, he covered it up. He knew it was worse. He covered it up. The hysterics in the media, the, the masked hysterics. I've told you before, a leader's job is to calm a population, not to panic a population. So let's say he knew it was more lethal uh, at the time than he was willing to say. That's what a leader does. He doesn't panic a population. So right away they're screaming, COVID cover-up, bombshell interview. All because the hack, Bob Woodward, the used up, the shell of a man, 
it's unbelievable to me how the media operates. Can we blame uh, the forest fires on Gavin Newsom? That he knew it would happen, but he didn't want to clear the forests out after the last fire when he became governor because he was afraid of, of fighting the environmentalists. Cover up! Newsom covered up! New fires can happen. Gives bombshell interview. No, Newsom's not being blamed for the fires. But you're blaming Trump for the, for the COVID now. now. Now it's his fault. But let me remind you something. While Blow Dry Nancy was marching around Grant Avenue in Chinatown, telling you there was nothing to worry about in February and go and eat dim sum because the Chinese business lobby told her to do so, Trump was banning travel from China, while the entire left wing, including Bob Woodward, was calling him a racist. Put that into your pot, pot, pots. Put that into your pot pipe and smoke it. That's a tough one. That's a Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers moment. Put that into your pot pipe and smoke it, Nancy. Maybe our hairdryer blew out the circuits in the state. How do I know? Thanks for listening. Our Fight for America, available now. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 